Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Good morning. Thank you for being with us online. Pastor has asked me to preach this morning as he's out of town. I'm thankful for the opportunity to preach anytime and thankful that he asked me to do so. And we're looking to what the Word of God has to say to us today and I pray it'll be a help to us all. So if you take the Word of God and turn to the book of James, and we'll be in the first chapter of James, James chapter 1. We'll read some verses there in just a moment. I don't know about you as you turn there, but it's been some dramatic changes over the last six or seven months. And throughout that time, I hope there's been some things that God has been teaching you and some lessons that you have learned. And so, uh, wouldn't you agree that there's been some changes that have, that have happened? And I hope that you believe that during this time that God has still been at work and He still made available some lessons for all of us to learn. The greatest lessons we can learn are from the Word of God. And you know, life I'm, I'm learning is like one big textbook or one big lesson. And so, even the Christian life, I think about it. I, I think about how it's a journey and how it's a process along that journey. And God wants us to grow along that journey. Not just physically, but, but even more importantly, spiritually. So how can that growth take place? Well, it takes place by the Word of God being in our life and really what we do with the Word of God. So I want to encourage you this morning, in 1 Peter 2, 2, it says this, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word, that ye may grow thereby. You know, God desires us to grow. And one of the areas He desires us to grow in, we're going to look at this morning. And so Jesus is very clear about how He teaches us things from the Word of God. Even when Jesus was on earth in Mark 6, 34, he talks about how he came into much people and a compassion for those people, so much so that they looked at them as, as sheep not having a shepherd. And what did he do? He began to teach them many things. And so I want to stop and just ask you for a moment here this morning as we're getting started. Are there portions of Scripture that are teaching you and that you're reading and that are being applied to your life today? I, I pray and hope that's the case. For me, one of those portions of Scripture is this passage we're going to look at today. And the book of James, James chapter 1, starts off this way. It says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. You see that word perfect. That word perfect, it has the same kind of connotation that we would find in, in Matthew 5, 48, which tells us to be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. How can I be perfect? I'm not going to be com completely uh, right and righteous all the way, so how can I even achieve this or do this? I'm a sinner. I'm saved by grace. So how am I ever going to attain perfection? I'm not going to. But I'm still to go after it. Because Jesus Christ was perfect, and this word perfect, if you understand it properly, 
It means complete. It means growth. It means maturity. It means that that maturity is taking place in our life. And so it takes some stretching. It takes some trying of your faith. And it has you know, diverse temptations. We looked at that in James chapter 1 there. We read that. And, and through struggles and burden on shoulders, you know, those kind of things, that burden that weighs heavy you know, on the shoulders, through pain. And, and sometimes we even say, well, exercise, no pain, no gain. And there's exercise that God gives us not just physically that we're talking about, but, but we're to exercise our faith and things that are going to be exercised in our own spiritual life. It takes effort to be put forth, to have growth, to have that happen in our own life. You know, James, he's going to make it very clear that patience has potential. This morning, that is really what I want to speak to you about, is that there is potential in, in patience. And we have it in our life. It can even become more in our life. And why would we even want patience? Well, the Bible makes it very clear. It says that brethren, in other words, fellow believers, in other words, Christians, should have this in their life. And he's saying this, hang in there, stay focused. It's going to be okay. And just stay true to what God has for you. And wait on the Lord. And be patient. And so James is giving them really like a pep talk in this matter of patience. And he's saying, don't quit on what is right. I want to ask you this morning, has there been things in your life that you've quit on that are right? Now, we should quit on things that are wrong, but what about the things that are right? Have you quit on things that are right to do? Then you need to bring those right things back into your life. You know, I remember a book that says, a quitter never wins, and a winner never quits. And so James is bringing to attention this word patience. And in James chapter 5, he mentions it five times in five verses. Take your Bible, if you would, and turn to James chapter 5. And you'll see in verse 7 of James chapter 5 that it says, Be patient, therefore, brethren. Then it goes on to say, Unto the coming of the Lord, behold, the husband waited for the precious fruit of the earth, and had long patience for it, until he received the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take my brethren the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord, for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. When I read these verses, it actually reminds me of a college professor that I had. That he would get up before the class and he would say, Class, I'm going to give you some of the main points for an exam that's coming up. And if you'll listen very closely, if you'll highlight, if you'll maybe underline, do whatever it takes to write these down, I'm going to give you some main points and I'm going to review over them and continue to give you them in class today. But you need to listen very closely so that you can pass and get a good grade on the upcoming exam. That is what James is doing here. James is knowing these Christians are going through a testing time. And he knows we are going to go through testing time. And you might be going through a testing time right now in your life. And James is able to encourage us even today, wherever you might be in your walk of life. And so he says this. He said this word patience is very important. Be patient, verse 7. Verse 7 again, long patience. Be also patient, verse 8. That the prophets have been examples of patience that you recall Job's patience in verse 11. And so let's take this verse 7. Who does he mention it to? Who is it addressed to? And making sure that it gets to this group of people. It says brethren. 
And so in chapter 1, we saw, my brethren, those words are there. And James is saying here, in essence, he's saying this, you're living in a world where patience is, at best, trying to be eliminated. But you can expect it to be eliminated by the world. But it should be illuminated by the Christian and by the brethren and by the fellow believers. And so patience is something that we all need in every stage of our life and every age needs it. And maybe you think of the word patience, you think of waiting and, and waiting out or holding out for a long time or the ability to wait without getting frustrated, you know, slow to anger. Um, maybe it's plenty of mercy and you're just having to wait on someone or something. It seems like all the time that you're waiting on them or waiting or you're waiting on something even to hear back from God or an answer from God you want to hear back. One of the most dreaded places I think about it, waiting is a waiting room. And uh, you're thinking about the people that may be in the hospital room, a loved one or someone that you care about. And you're waiting and the minutes feel like hours and the hours feel like days. And you're just waiting and you're waiting you're holding out. And this is talking about in verse 7 and verse 8 and verse 10 of James chapter 5. It's talking about long-tempered waiting and endurance and having that endurance and being able to reach potential of patience. How are we going to do this? Well, Number one, first of all, this morning, I want to give to you this. It is going to require waiting. Yes, something we don't want to hear about, something we don't especially want to you know, have to act out in our life and, and to live, but it is something that we are to do and that God will give us the strength to do that. And while you wait, what do you do while you wait? Well, you might do a variety of things, but what's the most important thing you can do? I want to show you that this morning. So I'm just posing you that question. If you're waiting and you're waiting what do you do while you wait? You know, it's kind of like the guy, he, he um, thought he had patience, and so he starts praying, and he says this, he says, Lord, give me the patience that I need right now. And I don't need, I don't need patience when things are going smoothly and right, but God, they're going wrong right now, so give me patience, and, and I'm trying to be patient, and I'm asking for patience, but I need this very, 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 very second. You know, that's not what we're talking about, but God is patient with us, and we all get tested in our patience. James in this chapter is, is doing his best to encourage and strengthen the poor and oppressed Christian. And maybe you say, man, that's where I am today. Maybe you're maybe just poor or financially in a physical way, but maybe you feel like you're poor in spirit. And maybe you feel oppressed or maybe downtrodden or maybe you feel beat up or concerned about What's, what's happening in the world around you, and rightfully so. But James is saying, dear Christian, even these Christians of that day, they're, they're, they're Christians that are, are faced with adverse people and people that are giving them a hard time and, and they're persecuting them and, and they're mentally and physically and verbally um, giving them very much struggle. And so James is saying, be patient, therefore. What is therefore for? Well, it's for us to look before the verses you might know that. And so let's look at verse uh, 1 through 6 of James chapter 5. It says, Go to now, you rich men. Weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you. And shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, the higher the labors who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth, and the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. Ye have lived in pleasure on the earth, and have been wanton. Ye have 
Nourish your hearts as in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed the just, and, and he doth not resist you. These, these verses are speaking about the majority of the rich that day. They're rejecting Christ, and they're consumed with the temporal. And they know that these people are, are the ones that are giving the Christians a hard time, and they're the ones that are persecuting them. And So why is James writing this? Because he knew this is what would be needed most in their life. And so I pray that even this morning, this is something that is maybe needed most in your life and my life. And so why do they need patience? Because Romans 5, 3 says, Tribulation worketh patience. So he's saying, brethren, he's saying, Christian, take note what these people, verse 1 through 6, have been consumed with. It doesn't go very well for them. And it actually should make it more obvious to us as Christians and us as brethren of what we should be consumed with. And so when I asked you this morning, before you wait, or as you're waiting, what do you do? Well, the best thing you can do is to have your eyes on, the on not the temporal, but on the eternal. And so your eyes on eternal. And so their eyes are on the temporal. And do you see what that brings? I mean, the moth and the rust, and they corrupt, and the gold and the silver are cankered, and, and the rust ruining it, and they're living in pleasure, and they're still coming up very empty. The Bible uses the word wanton. And you see that it's bringing trouble and destruction to the, to the world and, and what they think is so important. And even the cries come as a result of this. And he's saying, brethren, have your eyes on what is eternal. See what comes of that? Then have your eyes... Not on that, but have your eyes upward. Don't look outward, look upward. And so, hey, Christian, he's saying, make the most important thing in your life, the thing that matters most, be eternal. Don't lose heart. Keep your eyes off the temporal and on to what is eternal. And so if our eyes are on our eternal, then as we're patiently waiting, what are we doing? I believe this, the greatest thing that we can possibly do for eternity is to witness to someone else. Is to get the gospel out. And the coming of the Lord is, is coming soon. In verse 7 it mentions the coming of the Lord. In verse 8 it says the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. And so what are we to do? We're to even get more focused on eternal. So the focus on the temporal things and the issues of life and the struggles and, 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 and what all that brings and with someone else, the things that are happening or what, what they are trying to tell us or what they're involved with or what's going on, that's not to be our concern. Our concern is to be most of all what is eternal. And so we can be caught up with eternal matters or we can be caught up with the temporal matters. And if we're caught up with eternal matters, then other people's eternity matters most. And then we're going to be concerned with people's eternity rather than finding fault or fussing. Matter of fact, in verse 9 it says this, Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. So there's no room for that. There's only room for getting the gospel out. So much so, the Bible says, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. I like what Warren Wiersbe says. He says about even this passage, he said, if we start using the sickle on each other, we will miss the harvest entirely. And that's not the desire that God has for us. The desire that God has for us here, and even James is drawing to attention. Look to the Lord coming. Look to His coming as, as draweth nigh. And so have your eyes on Christ and have your eyes on eternal things. 
That's what patience is to look like. While you wait, what, do you, what should you do? Witness. While you wait, what should you do? Get the gospel out. While you wait, are you putting a dent and making a dent in eternity? Are you personally getting the gospel out? Forget about everything else and ask yourself, how am I personally getting the gospel out to a lost world? You know, you show me a frustrated Christian. You show me a discontent Christian. You show me an unhappy Christian. They're not going after the eternal. When's the last time you saw someone lead someone else to Christ that was an unhappy Christian? It doesn't happen. And so the Apostle Paul is saying this, hey, exercise this to all men and, and get it out there. Matter of fact, even in 1 Thessalonians 5.14 it says, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. See, the more patient you and I are with all men, the better testimony you and I can be for Jesus. That's what it's all about, dear friend. And I gather from this list here that while the world looks all around and all outward and is so caught up with all the things and all the possessions and trying to, to find happiness in life and, and going after the things that, that they think are going to do that, in a matter of time, it's going to all get destroyed and rust away and fade not last, but the thing that can last the longest is us being a witness and us telling somebody about how they can have a home in heaven for their eternity. So while you wait, dear Christian, be a witness. Secondly, and lastly this morning, I noticed this, that patience potential work is worth it. And so it requires work. You know, we can choose to, to like that word work or we can despise it. And in verse 7 it says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, to the coming of the Lord. Behold the husbandman. And that's talking about a farmer. And the farmer, what does he do? He waited for the precious fruit of the earth and had long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. What is he waiting for? The precious fruit of the earth. He's looking, he's looking at the rain. He's, he's seeing that he wants that rain to come and the early rain and the latter rain. But he doesn't just sit around and do nothing. He works. And he's about his father's business. And so he's about the, the business of even wanting that precious fruit to, to come about. And you know, none of us would, would outright say we don't want God's blessings. But the way that God's blessings come, if I may, the, the precious fruit that can come to our life is if we're doing the work of, having the work of God in our own life. And if we're following through with the work of God in our life. Maybe you've heard this statement this, the best thing comes to those who wait. I believe this, a, a better statement even, would be the best things come to those who wait on the Lord. In the Psalms 27, 14, it says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. How do you and I wait on the Lord? Just like a waiter waits for the person they're serving. And, you know, they get right there to the person, and they ask them, what do you want? What, what would you desire? What do you not like? Okay, uh, what, what's your favorite? Uh, and they find out what they want or like, and they're going to go and provide that, and they're going to go fix it and, and have it made and, and take the order and, and get it served to them and bring it back to them. and They're really waiting. And so for us waiting on the Lord, the greatest thing we can do is to find out what He likes and what He wants and what He, what he desires in our own life. And how are we going to do that? We're going to do that by getting into the Word of God. And so while you wait, not only be a witness, but while you wait, what do you do while you wait? Well, witness and then while you're waiting, there's a potential work that's worth it. And during your wait, what should you do? We should be in the Word of God. 
So you're going to find the answers in the Word of God. And we must be in His Word and find out what He loves and what He likes and what He doesn't want in our life and what He wants in our life and what is His will and, and what can I do to please Him and how can I serve Him. And, and so we see the farmer, oh yeah, he's totally dependent on this rain and, and just the right amount of rain. And too much rain can, can cause the crop to rot and then actually not enough rain can cause the sun to burn it up. And just the right amount of rain at just the right time can be just right. Like Isaiah 55, 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. You know, fruit and blessing is going to come to those who are willing to wait on the Lord and are willing to be in the Word of God and willing to live out the Word of God in their own life. And the results of that ultimate farmer, the Lord, can send the rain and, and can send the greatest crop and have, have the most fruit and it be precious fruit. You know, maybe in your life you feel like there's a drought and in your life. Well, the rain is coming. Maybe you, you question, why is the rain not here yet? Let me read you a verse, a couple of verses here. 2 Peter 1, 5-8, it says, And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. And it says this, For if these things be in you, and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you catch that? If these things be in you. Not barren, then you won't be unfruitful. But these things need to be in our life. So there's important verses there even. And I, what I find very interesting about verse 7, even the, the rain, and I really like this, is it says the early and latter rain. That early rain softens the soil comes in about the autumn months, and then that latter rain is the early spring, and it matures the harvest. And you know what happens here? The farmer knows exactly what stage you're in, and he's trusting on those rains to come into his crop, and God knows exactly what you need, when you need it, where you need it, how you need it, how much you need of it. And you could be going right now through the planting stage, the watering stage, the weeding stage. You might need sunlight. You might need care. You might need pruning. You might need growth to still take place as we all do in our life. And Maybe you're being picked out of the ground or there's some bad spots that are still getting cut off and, and you're getting cleaned and you're, the ripening stage or maybe the rinsing is happening or the blending of the baking or maybe the soil is still needing to be softened around you. And maybe we can be ready to see the fruit and the harvest come because you've been about God's work in your life and, and God is working in your life in a, in a big way. But what are you doing in the meantime as you wait? Well, what we're to do is Colossians 3.16 says, let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. In all wisdom. So rich and so full. How, how does this happen? We're in the Word of God and then we see so much fruit that starts to show up in our life because we realize the Word of God is true for us to live out and to really have in our life. And so the growth starts to take place in our life. And all this process, even bringing in patience, can bring about the best. So much so that verse 11 says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. In other words, we're blessed to those who have preserved those who have endured those who have had patience. Did you catch that verse 10? It pretty much tells us some other ways that we're in pretty good company. Verse 10, take my brethren the prophets, 
If you have patience in your life, you're going to be in pretty good company. You're associated with the prophets. Uh, the prophets of God and all the ages. And these are the ones who left the example of patience and long-suffering as they went through much affliction. And, and that was heaped upon them. Prophets like a Jeremiah. Prophets like Ezekiel. Prophets like Daniel. Prophets like uh, Noah and Elijah and Paul and Joseph and so many other people that exemplified patience in their life. And why is it that they had things that came in their life that were struggles and that they even had persecution and they had endured difficult trials? Why? Excuse me, why? Because their lives were going to be able to carry a stronger message to a lost world. Because their lives would not just be words. Why? So that they could get a small hint of what it was like for Christ to, to go through suffering and persecution on the cross. Why? Because they could comfort others by which they had been comforted. Why? Because growth could come to their life. Why? Because they could have a clearer vision of the Lord and get to know Him better. Why? So that they could come forth as gold. And so in verse 11, it says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. And this is for us as well to see that Job, it says even, you've heard of the patience of Job. See, aside from Christ, the one who suffered the most, Job, he was in distress beyond measure. I mean, the one who went through it on earth, Job. And what does Job say? In Job 23.10, it says this, But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. What is that gold? That gold is like fruit. That gold is, is precious. That gold is maturity. That gold is growth. That gold is patience and the potential that it's reached. And how will patience be reached? Well, first of all, this morning, it can be reached while you wait, witness. Find somebody you can talk to. Find somebody you can give the gospel to. It'll change your perspective. It'll get your mind off of everything else and off of, of what's going on. It'll get your mind on what Christ has done for you on the cross and you'll be sharing that message to a lost world and to someone else that needs to hear it. And it'll help you because it's the greatest thing you can do is have a focus on eternity and eternal matter. While you wait, I mean, what do you do as well? Well, while you wait, you work on being in the Word of God and letting the Word of God work on you and that rain and that precious fruit can come as a result of really being in the Word of God and letting the Word of God really be in you. So I think of, lastly this morning, I think of that song a songwriter wrote, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of His dear face all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. See, patience, dear Christian, is supposed to be in our life. It's a great part of that race that we're running. And if you don't know Christ this morning, you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. Christ has really portrayed a lot of patience with you, even up to this point in your life, where today can be the day of your salvation. And I want to encourage you greatly, in a, in a, in a great way, would you not put off the decision to trust in Christ. And today can be the day of your salvation by simply putting all your belief in what He did for you on the cross. He died in your place. He freely wants you to call upon Him. He wants you to experience what salvation truly is like. And He wants you to have an eternal home with Him forever. And it's through complete trust in Him. And we can help you with this. 
And maybe you need to go to openbibleNJ.org. Maybe you need to give us a phone call. We'll be glad to speak to you and talk with you. And dear Christian, those of us that call ourselves fellow believers, those who call us brethren, how well are you doing in this matter of patience? While you're waiting, are you witnessing? While you wait, are you doing the work of God? Is the work of God being worked out in your own life because of the Word of God? And while you're waiting, is patience really going to show forth in your life because it is part of the growth and maturity can be seen in our life by this attribute of patience. God hey bless. folks, thank you so much for watching today. I hope that it was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you don't know Christ, your personal Savior, and you accepted Him today into your life, and, and you put your faith in Him, I would like to send you, free of charge, two things. First, I'd like to send you this book, Done, is written by a friend of mine, What Other Religions Don't Tell You About the Bible, and then secondly, a brand new Bible, just like this one, I'd like to send to you. So please, do me a favor. First, I'd like to hear about your commitment to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Fill out the electronic connection card right below, click the link. When you fill that out, put your address in and I will be happy to send this book done and this brand new Bible free of charge to you. God bless you and I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.